All right, take your Bibles tonight and let's go to the book of Micah. The book of Micah, chapter 7. Micah, chapter number 7. And kind of coming to the conclusion of the book of Micah here in this last chapter. And we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Micah chapter 7, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. He says, Woe is me, for I am as when they had gathered the summer fruits as the great gleanings of the vintage. There is no cluster to eat. My soul desired the first ripe fruit. The good man is perished out of the earth, and there is none upright among men. They all lie and wait for blood. They hunt every man his brother with a net that they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asketh, and the judge asketh for a reward. And the great man, he uttereth his mischievous desire. So they wrap it up. The best of them is as a briar. The most upright is sharper than a thorn hedge. The day of thy watchman and thy visitation cometh. Now shall be their perplexity. Trust ye not in a friend, put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thine bosom. For the son dishonoreth the father, the daughter rises up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. It's a really interesting way that Micah begins this conclusion of this book. Now again, remember this, when Micah penned these words, he did not just sit down and write the whole book at one time. Uh, this book is uh, these words of Micah that are giving that God has uh, penned for us have been written over years, right? And so when we come and we come, as we're coming to the end, we have to think back, what have we seen through the beginning? Um, and we see at the very beginning of the book of Micah, he talks about how that the word of the Lord came to him uh, during the reign of, notice, in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So remember, there are, there are three kings that Micah is prophesying about during this time period, right? These were all kings of Judah. Uh, and so you have these kings of Judah, and of course, Hezekiah being the last king of Judah before they would go into captivity. And so this book that Micah is writing is over years and years. And so as we think of that, when we read it, we just read seven chapters of Micah, and we could read them in probably 20, 30 minutes. But this is something that has been going on for 30, 40, 50 years as Micah has been uh, prophesying these words. All of this was not given at the same time. Some of it was given during the reign of King uh, Jotham, some during the reign of Ahaz, some during the reign of Hezekiah. As we come to the end of Micah, we find that this is now toward the reign of Hezekiah. This is the, toward the end of what's going to happen. So Hezek Micah has been, he's been prophesying, he's been proclaiming the word of the Lord, he's been calling the people to repentance, not just for 20 minutes or 30 minutes as we read here, but he's been calling the people to repentance for years, years and years. He's been crying out to the people of Israel 
uh, Judah and the southern kingdom to repent and to turn back to God. Years he's been crying out. And now we come to the end, really, of his prophecy. This really is uh, really like the third message that we find during this reign of Hezekiah. And he says, woe is me. Woe is me. That's interesting. Why, why would he say, woe is me? I think one thing that most people don't understand is the heart of the prophet. The heart of the preacher. I was reading my Bible the other day and I was reading through the book of Jeremiah and I'm going to come to this a little bit later. And I was reading through what Jeremiah was saying and I was like, man, Jeremiah is saying exactly many times the way that I feel as a preacher. And what I know many preachers feel. And as we come here, Jeremiah is really just basically he's going to show his heart. He's been preaching, he's been prophesying, he's been saying, hey, God is saying you need to repent, God is saying turn, judgment is going to come if you don't, and he's been proclaiming the word of the Lord, he's been faithful in doing it. He's been preaching for years and years and years, and now he comes and he says, woe is me. We can look at Micah and hear the message that he's preaching of repentance and judgment. And no doubt, many of the people of that day looked at Micah and probably thought, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's just the messenger. He doesn't really care what happens. But we couldn't be more wrong. I know many times people look at a preacher and they think, well, you know, he's just up there. He's just doing what he's supposed to do. That's his job. He's supposed to preach. He doesn't really care. Friend, I can tell you couldn't be more wrong. When preachers get up and they preach Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday, week after week, month after month, year after year, and they're faithful in preaching, why would a preacher say, woe is me? Woe is me. People hear the preacher They hear what he says. They know the preacher is trying to help lead people to follow Jesus. And yet they still think the preacher just doesn't care. Look at his heart. Look at at Micah's heart. Woe is me. For I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits... As the great gleanings of the vintage, there is no cluster to eat. My soul desired the first ripe fruit. Woe is me. Micah says it's like when you go to a vineyard. You go to a vineyard, and of course, grapes were very prominent in that society. And he says you go to a vineyard, and you go to the vineyard for one purpose. You're going, you're looking for grapes. You want to be able to to get a cluster of grapes and pull the grapes off. And he says, man, he says, my soul desires the first ripe fruit. Man, those those first ones that come off the vine. Man, he just says they're they're just wonderful. He says, that's what my soul desires. My soul desired the first ripe fruit. 
But he says, For I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits, as the grape gleanings of the vintage, there is no cluster to eat. You understand what Micah is saying here? He's weeping, he's crying out, he's, he's lamenting because of what is happening. He's been preaching, he's been trying to tell people to repent and to turn back to God. And he's, he's proclaimed exactly the message that God wanted him to proclaim. And he's showing them if you don't, there's going to be judgment coming. And, and Micah expects that there will be fruit from that. Micah expects, hey, people are going to listen to the message. They're going to hear the word of God. They're going to repent and they're going to turn. He says, my soul desires the fruit. But what did he find? Nothing. Nothing. That's what he says. Woe is me. For I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits, as the grape gleanings of the vintage, there is no cluster to eat. Micah says, I've been faithful. I've been preaching. I've been proclaiming the word of God. I've been trying to help lead people to God. I've been trying to tell them, hey, repent from this and turn away from that and don't do this and follow God. And he says, I've done this expecting that there would be fruit, that there would be people that would repent and and that Israel as a nation would turn back to God. And he says, there's nothing. Can I tell you that Micah didn't enjoy proclaiming judgment upon his own people? Micah didn't enjoy saying, hey, if you don't follow God, if you don't turn to God, judgment's going to come. It wasn't enjoyable to him. Understand, Micah is not weeping and crying for himself. You say, well, Micah is just having a pity party because nobody listened to him. No, that's not what he's doing. He's not weeping and crying for himself. He's weeping and crying for the people. He's weeping and crying out and saying, woe is me. This is what I've done. And, and I was expecting there to be fruit. I was expecting people to listen and they would follow God. That's my desire. My desire is that they would re- repent and turn from their sin and, and follow God. But he says they won't. There's nothing there. He's weeping and crying for the people because of the situation that they are in and because he knows what's coming. He's told them what they need to do. Did we not look in, back in Micah chapter 6? He says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. He said, I've told them what God wants. I told him this is exactly what God says. This is exactly what God wants them to do. I I proclaimed the message. I told them. Nobody listened. He says he's like the one that goes behind after the harvest looking for fruit and finds none because it's all been picked. There's nothing left. It's barren. There is no fruit gone and Micah begins to explain a little bit about this 
And again, just the heartbreak, I believe, that he's sharing with us. Look what he says. The good man is perished out of the earth. And there is none upright among men. They all lie in wait for blood. They hunt every man his brother with a net. He said, I've been preaching to repent. I've been preaching to and showing them what they need to do. And this is what God expects of them. But this is what's happening. He says, the good man has perished. There is no good people. There's no moral people. He said, a godly person cannot be found. Look what he says. He said, there is none upright among men. I mean, you want to talk about a, a society that is so depraved. He says, you can't find any moral, you can't find anybody that's good. Nobody is moral. That there is no person that is upright. There is no one that is fearing God. There's no one that's trying to follow after God. That this, this lawlessness is the new norm now. Just whatever you want to do, whatever anybody wants to do, that's the new norm. That's what he says. There's no good man. The good man is perished out of the earth. There is none upright among men. They all lie in wait for blood. They're, they're only concerned about themselves. He says they have, they have turned on each other. They're, they're lying in wait on each other. He says they, they, the hunt, they hunt every man his brother with a net, like hunters that, that would throw nets over the helpless to trap them. He says this is what they're doing. They're trying to, to trap their own people, their own brothers, their own sisters, their own family members. He says they're only thinking about self. It's just lawlessness. No morality, no uprightness, no godliness. It's all about me. He goes on, they, that they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asketh and the judge asketh for a reward and the great man, he uttereth his mischievous de desire. So they wrap it up. Again, think about it. He says their, their desire is simply to do evil. Now, again, don't forget who we're talking about. This is not the world. These are God's chosen people. This is not the Amalekites. This is not the Philistines. This is not the Amorites. This is not the, the Egyptians or the Babylonians. This is Israel. God's people. And there's no godly person around there's no moral person. They're all concerned simply about self and what they want. That they may do evil with both hands earnestly. With two hands. It shows their, their desire for continually doing evil. Just a constant desire for wickedness. A constant desire for evil. Even the leaders and the judges, look at what he says. The, 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 princeth, the princess asketh and the judge asketh for a reward. What's he saying? Those who are leading and those who are judges, those who are in authority, they're, they're, they would turn their rulings into bribes. Hey, I'll make a ruling, 
you give me something. I'll do this for you. You better do something for me. It's all about self. Again, think about what, it, what Micah had said. To do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly before thy God. That's what God is wanting you to do. They said, Micah, we don't care. We're going to do what we want to do. They didn't even try to hide what they were doing. Look what it says at the end of the verse. He uttereth his mischievous desire. The great man, the leaders, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. We're not going to try to hide it. Before it was all done in secret. It's all done, you know, there's always been evil. We understand that. There's always been evil. But even in a good society, even in a moral society, even in a Christian society, evil is still present. It may not be as obvious, but it's still there. They're going to do it in the back corners. They're going to do it in secret. Not anymore. Hey, he says the great man, he's going to utter the mischievous desires that he has. Hey, it's going to be known. Can I just stop and say, does this sound like anything in our society today? But friend, here's the problem. He's not talking about the world. We want to point our fingers at the world and say, oh, that's horrible. Look at them. He's not talking about the world. He's talking about his people. God's people. The best of them. Verse number four. The best of them is as a briar. The most upright is sharper than a thorn hedge. Think about what he's saying here. The best of them are like briars and thorns. What do are are briars and thorns do? They cause pain. They inflict pain. He said, this is the best of them. The best of them are causing pain upon people. They're not concerned about anyone else. They're only concerned about themselves. And this is the best, the most upright. Can you imagine what the worst must have been? If the best is constantly causing pain... What is the worst doing? What is the worst in the society? Again, think about it. He's talking about, he's, ta- he's, look, he's saying the good man, the, 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 uh, the upright, the, the prince, the judge, the best of them. He hasn't said anything about those that are like really bad. But just in those that are expected to do good, he says there is no good. It's continually evil. And so watch what he says. The day of thy watchman and thy visitation cometh. Now shall be their perplexity. What were the watchmen? The watchmen were those that would be on the walls around the city. Again, in Bible days, cities would have walls around them because there was always a threat of of enemies coming and trying to battle and so they would build walls around the city for protection but at night and during the day there would be watchmen on the walls and they were watching out for something they were watching for danger they were watching for enemies 
And would they, when they would see an enemy or any danger coming, they were to warn the people inside the walls. They were to warn the people so that the gates could be shut. They were to warn the people so that they could prepare to, to battle the enemy that was coming. If you hold your place here and turn with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel chapter 3. God shows us a little bit more about this through the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter number 3. Notice what he says in verse number 17. Son of man, talking to Ezekiel, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. So this is what he's saying. Hey, what did God do? God took the prophets. The prophets were God's watchmen. The prophets were God's watchmen to his people, the house of Israel. Watch what he says. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. Just as the watchman would be on the walls watching for the enemy, watching for danger, and when the danger and the enemy would come, they would sound the alarm. He says, hey, prophets, you are my watchmen. Micah, you're a watchman. Ezekiel, you're a watchman. Amos, you're a watchman. Isaiah, you're a watchman. Jeremiah, you're a watchman. You're a watchman. You're watching for my people. And he says, I want you to warn them. Warn them, he says. Give them warning from me. If you go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, a few pages over, chapter 33, notice what he says in verse number 1. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchmen, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. In other words, he's doing his job. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. So he says, hey, just like the watchmen, with the watchmen, if they see the enemy that is coming and they warn the people and the people fail to listen, he says, hey, the watchman is free from from the responsibility of this. It's not about him because he did his job. Now it lies upon those that heard and did nothing. But he says... But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchmen see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So so notice what God is saying. God's saying, hey, the watchman is the one that is standing between the people and judgment. The watchman is there. He's the one standing between the enemy and the people. And he is there for one purpose, to sound the alarm, to give warning, to let them know that there is an enemy coming or that judgment is coming or something is going to happen if they they don't change. He says, if they hear the warning and they do nothing... The watchman is not responsible. 
Because they heard it. They heard the warning, but they chose to ignore it. He said, their blood is on their own heads. But he said, if the watchman knows there's an enemy coming, and the watchman fails to sound the alarm, and judgment comes, or the enemy comes, or destruction comes, he said, it's not the fault of the people, it's the fault of the watchman. Go back with me to the book of Micah. God shows Ezekiel the importance of the watchman speaking the truth and sounding the warning. Because if he doesn't, he is going to be responsible. And here is Micah. He is saying, I have sounded the warning. I have proclaimed what God said. I have spoken the truth. And I was expecting fruit. I was expecting people to turn, but no one is turning. It's barren. There's no fruit being produced here. And so Micah is crying out. He's saying, woe is me. Because he understands he's not going to be responsible. He understands it is those who have rejected the warning that are going to be responsible. He sees the plight of his people. Jeremiah understood what it was like to warn the people. And instead of the people listening to him, they wanted to kill him. Look in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 18. In Jeremiah chapter 18... Notice what he says in verse number 18. Then said they, Come, let us devise devices against Jeremiah. For the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come, let us smite him with the tongue. Let us not give heed to any of his words. They said, Hey, we're not going to listen to Jeremiah. In fact, we're, we're going to even try to do him harm. He says, give heed to me, O Lord, and hearken to the voice of them that contend with me. Lord, I, I'm, I'm doing exactly what you told me to do, but they're not listening. In fact, not only are they not listening, but they want to harm me. And watch what he says in verse number 20. Shall evil be recompensed for good? For they have digged a pit for my soul. Now, think about what Jeremiah is saying. God, I've I've done exactly what you told me to do. And their desire is to kill me. But look at his heart. Remember that I stood before thee, God, to speak good for them and to turn away thy wrath from them. Jeremiah says, I was the watchman. And I was standing between God's judgment and the people. And not only was I proclaiming to the people that judgment is coming, but he says, God, I was even speaking good for them before you. 
I was begging you not to bring judgment upon them. I was standing there on their behalf for them, and this is how they want to treat me. This is what they want to do to me. They want to destroy me. And the only thing Jeremiah was doing was trying to help. The only thing Jeremiah was doing was trying to help God's people understand they need to repent. The only thing Jeremiah was doing was speaking good. He says, remember that I stood before thee to speak good for them and to turn away thy wrath from them. You see Jeremiah's heart? Jeremiah's not just standing back saying, get him, God. Yeah, get him. Yeah, they deserve it. Go ahead. Judge them. Micah's not standing back saying, get them, God. They deserve it. Get them. No. They're crying out, woe is me. God, they're not listening. God, they're not following. Lord, they're not trusting you. Lord, they're turning away. Lord, I'm speaking good for them. God, please don't judge them. God, please give them another chance. God, please give them another opportunity. God, please don't bring this judgment on them yet. Lord, give them time to repent. And he's, he's telling the people, please repent. He said, Jeremiah, we don't care about what you say. In fact, we'd rather you die. Michael, we don't care about what you say. We don't care what the message is. Just leave us alone. The prophets were the spiritual watchmen on the walls. They were constantly warning the nation. And the problem was no one was listening. They preferred the lies to truth. And can I tell you, that's, that's what pastors are doing. Pastors do not get up and and say, hey, if you don't turn from your sin, God's going to judge you because they enjoy it. Pastors do it because they want you to turn to God. They do it because they have a heart to see you follow God. And week after week and month after month and year after year, they get up and they preach the word of God and they preach the word of God. Leave us alone. Leave me alone. I don't want to hear it. I'm fine the way I am. Don't, don't talk to me like that. Don't, don't tell me I need to do that. I'm just fine the way I am. I'll enjoy my life the way I want to enjoy it. Look, friend, can I tell you, the pastor's not up here trying to help you do right just simply because that's what he wants to do. It's because it's what God wants you to do. It's what God desires for you. And I can tell you, when, when the pastor preaches and, and he preaches and he preaches and he sees people that have no desire to do what God wants, I can tell you, it breaks his heart. Because he knows what's going to come. Just like Micah knew, Jeremiah knew, Isaiah knew, hey, if you don't follow God, judgment is going to come. This was not the world. This was God's people. God is 
brought pastors in to be the watchmen. But instead, people prefer lies to truth. And what did this do? It led to confusion. Look back in Micah. This led to the confusion of the leaders, as we saw in the previous verses. But it also led to the confusion of the people themselves. Again, he says, the day of thy watchmen and thy visitation cometh. God says, I've been doing that. I've been sending watchmen. They've been, they've been telling you this is what you need to do. Now shall be their perplexity. You want to talk about confusion? Huh. Watch this. Trust ye not in a friend. He says, you have no one to trust. Those that you thought were your friends, who said were your friends, you can't trust them. You can't trust your own friends. Put ye not confidence in a guide. You can't trust a teacher or a counselor. Keep the door of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. You know what he says? You can't even trust your own spouse. That's encouraging. We just had a family conference, right? <laughs> right? Love your wife, love your husband, right? He says, Micah says, you can't even trust him. That's a great day to live in. You can't even trust your own spouse. For the son dishonoreth the father. The son hates the father. The daughter rises up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Sounds like a great home. What's happening? There's confusion there. The, the son's against the father. The daughter's against the mother. The daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law. He's like, you, you can't trust anybody. Why? Because everybody's in it for themselves. It's all about me. It's all about me. man's enemies are the men of his own house he says you're not going to have to look for enemies outside you're going to have plenty of them they're going to be right within your walls right within your own home you won't be able to because it says you can't trust anybody hey what brought this on they wouldn't listen what what brought this destruction upon Israel? What brought this, this confusion in the home and in the society and this utter depravity that was here? They would not listen to what God said. They wouldn't listen. They wouldn't repent. They wouldn't turn. Micah says, woe is me. I can tell you, and I, I believe you could probably ask any pastor the greatest heartache that a pastor goes through is when he sees somebody that knows they need to repent, knows they need to turn from what they're doing, and they choose not to, and it leads them into destruction. The watchmen have one job to do, to sound the warning. The watchman cannot make the people listen. The watchman cannot make the people do anything. They can just sound the warning. But I think just like Micah, when the watchmen sound the warning, they expect results. 
They expect there to be people to listen. They expect there to be fruit. He said, my soul desired the first ripe fruit. There's no cluster to eat. There's nothing there. A little discouraging, I would say, for Micah. All of these years of preaching, all of these years of faithfully preaching and saying, repent, turn, this is what God wants. Nobody listens. You say, is there hope? Oh, there is. You see, that's what the rest of the chapter is about. There is hope. Watch what Micah says. This is amazing. Therefore, <laughs> I love it. Micah says, this is what's happening. My heart is breaking for my people. My heart is breaking because they're not turning. He said, I expected there to be fruit. I expected there to be repentance. Man, I was praying for at least people to turn back to God, but nothing happened. Micah, do you consider yourself a failure? Micah, do you think you've wasted all those years? I think he tells us. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Micah said, I don't think I've wasted all this time. Micah says, I don't consider myself a failure. Did I want fruit? Yes. Did I get fruit? No. So what do I do? I'm just going to keep looking to God. I'm just going to keep looking up. He said, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. I'm just going to keep following him. Why, why is Mike able to say it? Because Mike understood, I, I'm, I'm just the watchman. I, I, I can't, I'm not responsible for whether the people turn and whether they repent. As long as I have proclaimed the message, I've done exactly what God has told me to do. I'm going to be honest. I cannot imagine what it must have been like to be a prophet in this day and age. Oh, I'm not talking about the difference in culture and things like that. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Jeremiah, preach. All right, Lord, I'll preach. By the way, Jeremiah, nobody's going to listen. Isaiah, hear my Lord. I'll go. I'll preach. Great. Do that, Isaiah. But nobody's going to listen. Amos, you're my messenger. Go tell him. All right, Lord, I'll do it. Nobody's going to listen. Hosea, preach. All right, Lord, I'll do that. Nobody's going to listen. Micah, I want you to preach. I want you to go and tell him. Lord, I'll go. Year after year after year. Nobody listens. Nobody listens. I can't imagine being a prophet in that day. Year after year after year, preaching the word of God. Year after year, pleading, begging people to repent and turn. Nobody listens. Friend, can I say, we are not far off. And again, please understand, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Christians. In our country... As Christians, we are following Israel's example. We are turning our ear against God. We are saying, God, I don't need you. Look at all that I have. Look at all, I've got all that I want. I mean, I'm in the lap of luxury. I've got this, I've got that. God, I don't need you. 
and Christians are following the same path that Israel is following? Are we going to listen? Are we going to listen? Are we going to repent? Are we going to say, God, hey, I've been wrong. God, you're right. I I need to follow you. God, I need to get these things out of my life. God, I I need to trust you, and I just need to be obedient to you. Or are we just going to keep doing what we want? Micah said, I preached, and they just kept doing what they wanted to do. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation, my God hear me the message is being given week after week after week after week month after month year after year the question is what are we doing with it are we willing to listen to what God says and to do it are we just going to keep turning a deaf ear to it and say oh I'm glad I'm a Christian. I'm glad I'm God's chosen people. I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm here at church. And I'll just keep living my life. Oh, I'll come to church. Israel wasn't, they were still religious. But they weren't following God. Micah said, very similar to like what Joshua said. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Nobody else is going to serve, that's fine. I'm going to keep serving God. Micah said, nobody's listening. That's okay. I will look to the Lord. Who are you going to follow? You're going to follow the Lord? You're going to keep following what you want and what the world tells you how to follow? Or are we going to hear the message that God says and turn and follow him? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning and this evening, no one looking about. What will our response be 